It was August 8th, 2022. Cleveland, Ohio. Monday Night Raw. Backstage all night long, we noticed a car crash. But WWE never addressed it. What exactly happened? Who crashed the car? And was Dexter Loomis a part of it all? Episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast. Join us. Perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. Oh, you didn't know? It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G. And if you don't listen to Wells Mania Podcast, then I got two words for you. Suck it. It's Wells Mania. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now running wild with the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world, Wells Mania Podcast, and I am your host, the Kyle Wells. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Wells Mania. Follow me and I will follow you back. And joining me in studio, as always, is the world's greatest co-host. He is Peyton Payne. And be sure to follow him on Twitter at Stone Payne Prod. I mean, Karrion Cross does. So what's your excuse for not following at Stone Payne Prod episode 77? Wells Mania podcast. And Peyton, I can tell... That you are excited. I am excited, but first we got to address the elephant in the room. Your voice finally gave out, didn't it? <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't finish the whole intro. Listen, I just decided to give my vocal cords a rest day mm. for episode seventy-seven of Wells Mania Podcast. Which, by the way, we are sponsored by. The best damn karaoke bar in America, the Wild Beaver Saloon, and Toys Galore and more. The best damn toy store in all of Indianapolis, conveniently located inside of the Toy Drop. And we are partners with the Kitchen Table Podcast. Be sure to hit up the Wells Mania shop, ktpmania.com, and get all of your Wells Mania merch. You know what would have helped your voice? A cherry limeade oh, Zoa. I knew, I knew you were going to go there because I would have one. I would have one right in front of me if I could find one, Peyton. Because, well, first of all, I do have a, hold on a second, wait for it. I have a white peach Zoa, which it's top tier. This is my number one pick in any fantasy energy drink draft. I'm taking the white peach Zoa with my number one overall pick. But yes, this past Monday, August 8th, we were supposed to get the Cherry Limeade Zoa Energy Drink because this past weekend, The Rock, the great one, 
who once upon a time tweeted at Wells Mania about the Zoa Energy drinks, he put this out on his Instagram. Tomorrow morning, Monday morning, we are kicking our week off with a bang. Our brand new flavor of Zoa Energy Cherry Limeade is hitting the streets. Hold up. Well, guess what, Peyton? The Rock lied to you, he lied to me, and he lied to anybody out there who has yet to get a Cherry Limeade Zoa. Now listen, DJ, I love you. I support you. I have for decades. But my biggest heat with you is if you're going to drop this over-the-top electrifying promo in your Iron Paradise gym saying that on August 8th, the Zoa Cherry Limeade Flavor Energy Drink will be hitting the streets. It better be hitting the streets. And Peyton, I went all over the streets and I couldn't find it. So that is my heat. The Rock, you laid the smack down on all of us who have been patiently waiting for the Cherry Limeade and we can't find it anywhere on the streets. Now, Peyton, you did say that you ordered it on Amazon. That's not the streets. It is not. It is the interweb streets, I guess. But no, I did order a 12-pack for us, so whenever those do get here, whenever they get in, we will be able to do our taste test. Yes, yes, we will do a video. We'll get that up on the Wells Mania YouTube, and then we will talk about it on a upcoming episode of Wells Mania Podcast. Hopefully... Sooner rather than later. Tick tock, rock, tick tock. What a segue. What a segue that was. Wait a minute. Have we just entered Doomsday? Yes, Peyton. We sure have. Because last week. Smackdown, the return of Karrion Cross and Scarlet. And this is why you, my friend, the world's greatest co-host, are beyond excited. So without further ado, I'm going to fall and pray and let you tell us how excited you are for the return of Karrion Cross. First, let, let Scarlet, let, let her finish out her, her little thing first. Tick tock, the Triple H era is officially upon us. Doomsday is here. And I have not been this excited to be a wrestling fan, a WWE fan in years. There has been a massive amount of time, time, that I just didn't care to turn on Raw. I didn't care to turn on SmackDown. Hell, I didn't even care to watch some of the big four like SummerSlam, Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble, or WrestleMania within a three-week time span that has completely changed. And the arrival of my man, Karrion Cross, 
has me more excited than ever. He knocked out Drew McIntyre, put the hourglass in the middle of the ring, looked at Roman Reigns and said, TikTok, your title reign is coming to an end. And this was the perfect way to bring back a guy friend of the Wells Mania podcast, Karrion Cross. He follows you on Twitter. He choked me out. He choked you out at the Squared Circle Expo, too. And he also follows at Wells Mania, too. We need to get Karrion Cross on a future episode of Wells Mania podcast, if that's possible now that he's back in WWE. His schedule's about to be hella busy, so we'll, we'll try to tweet at him, see if we can get him on. But he did tweet back at you because you tweeted out that you bought his new shirt on wweshop.com. I did. I ordered, uh, he has, I believe he has three new shirts out. I ordered one of the designs, the Faith for the Fallen t-shirt. It's a badass shirt. Oh, so cool. I saw it, instantly had to grab it, and he responded to me and said, TikTok, it'll be in the mail shortly. I love that. I love when the wrestlers acknowledge us, acknowledging them. It makes us, the fans and podcast host and co-host feel really special and really it's just a cool feeling it's just a really cool feeling so we appreciate the wrestlers taking the time to interact with their fans it goes a long way and yeah i marked out myself because i've been patiently waiting to see under triple h's regime as the new head of creative because earlier this week we found out that people power John Laurinaitis got, got canned. He got let go. So we wish you luck in your future endeavors, Mr. People Power. I hope he got it via text and they sent him his stuff in a trash bag. That would be very fitting because he's done that in the past. So I have been wondering, okay, who's all going to come back that got let go over the past couple of years? Because there have been a whole wrestling company's worth of wrestlers that have been let go. So now we're starting to see, and it started at SummerSlam, we're starting to see some of these superstars who've been gone, and now they're coming back, Mm -hmm. and it's continuing because Friday Night SmackDown, we got the return of Karrion Kross and Scarlett, which Karrion Kross versus Roman Reigns. And guess what? That has blockbuster match written all over it. He didn't have... Urkel straps and a fake gladiator helmet on. He actually looked legit. And he's got hair. He's got a really nice head of hair. Who'd have thunk that this guy could have been a main event player? Well, Triple H. Obviously, Vince McMahon <laughs> and Bruce Pritchard didn't. Well, Karrion Cross is back, and we look forward to seeing what he's going to do next. But this past Monday night on Raw, you heard at the very beginning of episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast, it's an unsolved mystery. What the hell was going on with that car crash, Peyton? Well, let's just get it out of the way. We didn't get Johnny Gargano. This is correct. But but we there did- were hints that he's still coming. Right. They mentioned... DIY on commentary and Champa utilized the Gargano escape in the US title match. And didn't Champa even like tweet out like the winky he did. face? He, he uh, tweeted on out his Twitter. Gargano's winky face emoji earlier in the day. I guarantee you Johnny will be back eventually. And possibly Candice LeRae as well. I, I his wife. I definitely think so. Now for a minute I thought, oh my gosh, that's him in the crowd. I did too. 
and then all of a sudden, it was Dexter Loomis. Yeah, and I thought that was a really... F- it was a nice swerve. It was a really fitting way to bring him back as well, because yeah. Dexter Loomis, he's got this mystique and this mystery around his character. He doesn't really talk. He kind of just lingers around. He's kind of a stalker esque type character and then having him show up to Monday Night Raw to close out the show with AJ Styles even wondering you know, what the hell's going on maybe Dexter Loomis is here to disrupt and destroy the rhythm of Monday Night Raw and potentially maybe he was the one that crashed the car backstage during Raw because throughout the night we kept getting a lot of backstage interviews and you could see behind that there was a car that had crashed and some of the superstars were gathering around and then you saw it getting towed up on a truck and it never got explained we we still don't know exactly what happened i know i put this out there when uh rhea ripley who continues to bully dominic mysterio that's one of my favorite storylines going on right now on raw what a lucky kid she drug she drug dominic mysterio who had looked like he had all sorts of scratch marks on his face and kind of looked like maybe maybe he could have been a part of that car crash maybe rhea ripley went full horror movie and attacked him from the back seat and maybe it was dominic mysterio that crashed the car because dominic mysterio didn't like that ray and edge earlier in the night where, you know, buddy, buddy, Dominic was tired of it and he walked off. So maybe he was trying to leave Cleveland and Rhea Ripley had been stalking him. You want to talk about stalkers? Maybe she had been preying on him. Maybe she was being the predator. See what I'm doing here? Because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the Prey movie that dropped on Hulu, which is badass, by the way. And Peyton and I have a full review coming up in the next segment. But we don't know. It's an unsolved mystery right now. What exactly happened with that car crash? But yes, Dexter Loomis is back, and I have a feeling that he might have been the one that ultimately crashed the car. I think he was definitely involved with the car angle. I th- I remember you texted me about you thinking, oh, is it Ripley? My only thing with that was the Ripley reveal of attacking Dominic happened before the even you saw the car for the first time and then they never brought it up again in anything with Rhea the rest of the show so I don't think it has anything to do with that I think it's all Dexter Loomis maybe he was getting chased by the cops I mean he's a serial killer isn't he maybe he was getting chased by the cops ran into the arena couldn't stop smashed into the wall got out of the car before the cops could find him and then by the, by the time he got out to the ring, they caught up with him. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to this new era under Triple H, and uh, we'll see exactly what I do have a crazy stat for you real quick. Or, uh, this is a crazy stat under the Triple H era. Did you know that under the Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard era of Raw, if you look at the statistics of how much actual wrestling is on the show... It was an average of around nine matches, and each match got around six minutes of wrestling time. Under the Triple H era, the average for the last two weeks has been five matches, all of which have gone 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. That is a 
It's a big, staggering it's a big, change. Big, big difference right there, and it's it's working out. I mean, you said it earlier. You can just feel a, a, a new era, a different vibe under Triple H, and it's actually being seen. Yeah. It's unfolding before our very eyes with the length of the matches, the promos feel more authentic, the returns of superstars that we haven't seen in a while that we thought maybe they'd never come back to the company. The flows, I mean, the show just flows better. Yeah, it definitely does. And I've noticed that I'm like, man, it's already 10 o'clock. I can't believe two hours of Raw have gone by. And that is the beauty of a change Mm -hmm. sometimes change is a good thing so i look forward to seeing what happens on future episodes of monday night raw and smackdown and so does johnny gargano because i believe he said that earlier this week so he'll be back yeah i think he will too but there's only one way to find out you gotta tune in to fox on friday nights and usa network on monday nights and when we come back Peyton and I are going to dive into the new Prey movie that dropped on Hulu. You're listening to episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast. You're running wild right here on episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast. I am Wells Mania, the world's greatest co-host. Peyton Payne running wild with me. And before we get in to this segment, consider this your spoiler alert. Because the music that you hear is from the badass movie on Hulu that dropped the biggest movie or TV series premiere ever, Prey. And I'm going to read you to the description here, Peyton. Prey is set in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago, centuries before the events of the 1987's original Predator. It follows a fierce and highly skilled warrior, Naru, who has been raised in the shadow of some of the most legendary hunters who roam the Great Plains. Check it out on Hulu if you haven't. Pray streaming now. Peyton, you wanted to talk about this movie. You texted me. You said, hey, I just got done watching Pray. We have got to talk about it on the next episode of Wells Mania Podcast. Here we are, Peyton. We're on the next episode of Wells Mania Podcast. The movie Pray, it takes place 300 years before the Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator that dropped one year after I was born. I loved this film. I have always been a massive fan of the Predator and Alien franchises, and I was really hoping this movie would bring back that original Predator vibe that you got with those original two Predator films. And man, not only did it bring it back, it almost exceeded it. Like, I think this might have been my all-time favorite Predator film. Yeah, it's really hard to beat the OG Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse the Body oh, Ventura. Oh, of the cast and, and Arnold stuff. Schwarzenegger, yeah. Carl Weathers. Um, as far as Predator stuff, though, like not counting the cast, 
this movie's hard to top. Yeah, this in my rankings, and I'm not even gonna go past two because everything else after doesn't even come close to what we got with this no. prey movie. But yeah, this prey movie is the best thing that we've gotten in the entire Predator franchise since the original movie that dropped yeah. in 1987. This movie right here is just incredible storytelling and it backs a female superstar. This chick is a badass and that was probably my favorite part of it, this entire movie was her story being told because she proved every single person in this movie wrong and she came out on top as the hero in the movie defeating the predator well, but it made spoiler alert i told you it made sense though too she wasn't just like a mary sue that somehow is magically good at everything it made sense because She's a Comanche warrior. And for anybody out there that doesn't really know history, the Comanche nation is the most aggressive warrior-esque Native American tribe known to human history. They were the ultimate warriors on the North American continent. So it makes sense that she would be that tough and that deadly. Well, it definitely came across uh, loud and clear. Her brother ultimately became the war chief until his ultimate demise. The predator ended up killing him in this movie. Yeah. And then she totally just went on another level. That little, uh, rope that she attached to her tomahawk. That was, awesome. that was really cool. Uh, the graphics in this movie, the CGI with the predator, you know, you, did, the, you didn't have that back in 1987, no. but you get it in 2022 and man, the, the CGI, the cinematography in this thing, it was beautiful. You know who the VIP of the, of the movie was though? Who? The bear. <laughs> okay. The bear was the VIP of this movie. That bear did something that no one has ever done before. And that is just ragdoll a predator. For like a good couple minutes, did you? I mean, he yeah. was kicking the crap out of the that predator, and then he got haymakered, and it just—it was over. That predator said, "I ain't got time to bleed." And ooh, nice uh, body reference right and, there. Uh, that was a line from Jesse Ventura's character back yeah, in the original but, movie. But I got time to make you bleed, and he just bathed in the blood at the end. And speaking of original lines and bleeding, we actually got. A word-for-word word Arnold Schwarzenegger callback. If it bleeds, we can kill it. We did. The brother, yes. Naru's brother, yes. said that to her when they were tied up because I believe they were French. Yeah, I'm the the colonists. The colonists. They uh, they spoke. I'm pretty sure that was French. I'm not very good. Yeah, man, they got massacred at, at, at French, but I'm pretty sure that's the language that they were speaking. The worst kill of this film was the dude that got caught under that net. Oh man, and it just like the, slowly the, the ripped. Acid, yes. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that was did, pretty intense. I mean, they deserved it, but man, that was bad. Yeah, I thought I found myself rooting for the predator a lot in this movie. Yeah, and I also found myself rooting for Nauru. And I yeah. hope I'm saying her name right. I think I think you're pronouncing it correct. Naru. She is a badass. I cannot express that enough how much of a badass she is. And I'm really glad that she was the main focal point. Not only the Predator, because obviously the Predator got his due, 
or got its due, whatever a predator is. But I'm really glad that they really focused on her story. I mean, that was my favorite part, Peyton, was following her journey in this entire movie. Yeah, no, her story was great. The predator story, the feral predator, I believe, is what uh, the designer is calling it. The whole thing was just great. And, you know, another callback, you want to talk about callbacks, the gun that the colonists give her at the end that she uses to help kill the predator is the same gun. Danny Glover in, yes, in Predator 2. From the second Predator film. Yeah, that's, I love callbacks like that because we got that with star wars with luke's luke's uh skywalker's lightsaber yes. like i love when stuff from so long ago makes its way back all these years later because that's how you tell a perfect story you give today's viewers a little bit of nostalgia from the original movie but you make it your own mm -hmm. and give it a new story because Peyton the predator gets that gun back yes so how does the predator get the gun back because at the end of prey she has it has the gun that leads me to believe that, that there's going to be another one there's, there's got to be another there's one. well there's going to be another I mean you you don't have the biggest Hulu grossing thing ever and not make another one and I don't think it's going to end well for her tribe. I will say, though, I think this predator takes the crown for coolest, like, helmet of any predator ever. He had that, like, bone helmet. Kind of gave me some stone pain vibes. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was very cool. Now, did you notice that the predator actually looked different? Did you notice that? When he took the head off, he, he had a completely different design. I liked that. I liked that because obviously this is 300 years. I actually have a reason why. Before the, the original yes, Predator. The guy who did the, the graphic designing, the makeup for this Predator, uh, literally right before we were about to do this segment, this popped up on my feed and I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. I'll, I'll read this off. He gives a reason for why the Predator or the Yaucha as that species is called sure. in, in that universe, goes, genetic isolation with different environmental pressures yields a variant of Yaucha, a.k.a. the predator, adapted to a drier climate, thinner, waxier dreads, thicker oral tissue, and scalier skin for moisture retention, favors crushing bite for a different diet, it has a different look, but it is still the same species. So there is your reason why this predator looks different. So anybody out there that wants to complain, it looks different. There's your reason. And it should. It should look different. Because like I said, this was 300 years ago. Yeah. Okay. The predator has evolved over 300 years, although the graphics 300 years ago were a lot better than the graphics 300 years later. But we won't look at that. We won't get too into the technical uh, reality of our world. Mm -hmm. But looking at it in their world, man, this was one of the best Predator movies that we've gotten since the... The best Predator movie that we've gotten since the original. And I give all the props in the world to Amber Midthunder, who is the star of this movie. She is the actress that played Naru. I tell you, man, and I, I can't express it enough how much of a badass she was in this movie. But Peyton, that got me thinking, how tall was the Predator? Because when you saw the Predator standing there with the bear, I mean, the bear on its hind legs, pretty tall. So it got me wondering how tall this version of the Predator 
is, and he's six foot nine. He's played by a former professional basketball player in Italy and Israel. And I'm really sorry if I mispronounce your last name, Dane, but this is uh, Dane Deligro. I'm pretty sure I didn't say that right, but that's who played the Predator in the Prey movie. Now, Peyton, here's a little bit of history for you. The original Predator was an actor named Kevin Peter Hall, who passed away in 1991. He was the original Predator from the 1987 movie. How tall do you think he was? He had to have been around seven feet. He was seven foot three. That's Andre the Giant size. Andre the Giant. That is one tall monster. And I'm really glad that this is just a movie because we think it could is. Could you imagine, though, if there was a creature out there like the Predator? I'm sure there is somewhere in the universe. Well, it can take its sweet-ass time getting to planet Earth, but Peyton and I both highly recommend that you check out the new Prey movie streaming right now on Hulu. And when Peyton and I come back, we're going to dive into this Sunday, WWT Showcase 44 drops on YouTube. You're running wild listening to episode 77 of Wild's Mania Podcast. Now get the guns, the drugs from my generation. I'll take the fall, the saints, and across the nation. And it's a This Sunday, August 14th, WWT Smash Mouth Showcase 44. It is coming, and it is a double main event. It's a double main event. Both singles championships in wrestle with this are on the line the continental title is up for grabs in the onslaught trials trial number two xander deville will do his best to survive the onslaught of colton cage with special stipulation it is no disqualification for colton cage only followed by an even bigger main event. Ravishing Anton puts his prestigious WWT World Championship on the line against AEW Dark Star Fabu Andre, the monarch of manliness. Kyle, I am excited. Peyton, I am excited for WWT Showcase 44. I always get excited whenever WWT drops anything exclusively on YouTube. All you got to do is type in Wrestle With This, hit the subscribe button, and be entertained because that is what you will be every single time that you run wild and you tune in to WWT. And I am looking forward to the double main event. I am looking forward to Colton Cage versus Xander DeVille. That's going to be a very hard-hitting physical that's going to be a very hard-hitting physical match. I cannot wait to see the outcome of that one. And then we've got what I called on Twitter a battle of the bugs. You've got an ant 
versus a butterfly for the WWT world title. I, don't let Anton hear you that you called him an ant. Well, you know, ant, Anton. Very punny. I get it. Monarch, butterfly. That's Fabu Andres. Okay, so if Ravishing Anton isn't an ant, what bug would he be? A praying mantis, maybe? Okay. I mean, it was a very random question, I know. But I'm looking forward to something, this match. I say, I say praying mantis because something that is that is visually striking, as Anton is, but can also rip your head off. Well, and just don't have sex because I'm pretty sure that every single time... Here's a little, here's a little fun fact for you. I learned this back in the day. Every single time that a male praying mantis has sex, obviously, with a female praying mantis, the female praying mantis then kills and murders the male praying mantis. This has turned into your weekly National Geographic Smash Mouth Jungle sessions, ladies and gentlemen. National Geographic here on the Wells Mania podcast. It's going to be a very vicious world title defense as the monarch goes up against the ant. No, but in all seriousness, I am very much looking forward to this match. This is the first time an AEW superstar, someone who has been on AEW. Well... Well, technically, technically, Matt Brannigan yes, I get was that. on AEW Dark. But Brannigan was on WWT before he ever got to AEW. This is true. So I Which am, proves that you never know no. where somebody's going to go that has stepped foot inside the WWT squared circle. Yes. So Brannigan, yes, with an asterisk next to it. But a renowned name that was already on AEW is now in the WWT. Which I think is really cool. It's very cool. And, you know, say what you want about Anton. This is the first time an AEW superstar has ever competed for the WWT title. And the, um, the, the amount of machismo in this match is, is off the charts. I don't know if, if the Smash Mouth Arena will be able to contain the egos of these two individuals. We've got two self-proclaimed greatest wrestlers, most handsome dudes that walk the planet. And both can back it up. Beautiful men of all time, uh, sexiest men of the year, whatever they want to call themselves. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I'm i no stranger to not being a fan of Ravishing Anton, but I will give the dude credit where it needs to be given. He is a very talented wrestler, and I think that this is going to be a very good wrestling match, a very technical one. Anton's only problem is he tends to overlook his opponents, and if he's overlooking Fabu Andre, which, which he probably is, he's already doing it, because if you look at his Twitter account, I mean, he's posting things like he's calling him Fabi Furby or something, and he said he was soft, he said he was soft, he's posting pictures of butterflies on fire saying you'll burn under my spotlight, he's overlooking Fabu Andre, and if he's doing that, he might be in for a rude awakening come Sunday. Yeah, but somehow, some way, ravishing Anton is going to beat Fabu Andre. So is that I'm your, not? E- I'm not even gonna give get my hopes up. Is here. that your prediction? Yeah, as much as I want Fabu Andre to win, I just have a feeling that ravishing Anton, it, the insect that he is, is going to do something 
slimy here. He's going to sneak sneak out the victory, and he's going to retain the WWT world title. Wow. I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen because as, this is what happens, Peyton. Every single time that I get excited for a competitor to step up against Ravishing Anton, Ravishing Anton has been victorious, and I've got my hopes crushed. So I'm not I'm not going in no to one, this match though, with expectations that he's going to lose. No one on the level of Fabu Andre has stepped up to Anton yet. But I already know. I already know See, the outcome. And this, this is interesting because my prediction is we are going to have a new champion. I hope so. My prediction <laughs> is I think Anton's ego is going to get the better of him and someone with the talent and skill of Fabu Andre is going to walk in and upset the world, much like Anton upset the world when he won the title. And Fabu is going to make that title elite. That's what's going to happen. Ooh, I see what you did there. All elite. Or as Ravishing now, Anton would call Fabu Andre a all elite wannabe. Now, you do know, though, on the flip side, if Anton does win, we will never hear the end of it. Which I'm prepared for. His prepared ego for. will skyrocket higher than what it already is. But look at me. I'm ravishing Anton. I'm the first ever WWT superstar that's ever successfully defeated an AEW All Elite wannabe superstar. And I'm still ravishing. Going to be a great match. Now, let's go to the other match. The other match. The onslaught trials continue with trial number two. Trial one was very fun, very hard hitting. And I give props to Xander DeVille yeah. defeating Lobo Akami all by himself because I called him out. I said, hey, why don't you try winning a match on your own? He did it. Stop having your army of darkness come in and help you win and he he made me eat my own words eat crow so to speak and he defeated Lobo Okami so that is why I truly am a believer now in Xander DeVille as much as Colton Cage is going to make this a hard-hitting physical contest it's going to be a street fight that's what it's going to be that's the kind of guy that Colton Cage is I'm sure we're going to see a crowbar because he attacked Megamondo with it so I'm pretty sure he's going to try to use it on Xander DeVille but here's the thing Xander DeVille can take whatever Colton Cage is going to dish out and that's why I am predicting and still WWT Continental Champion I'm going with Xander DeVille. Wow. You know what? You you that shocks me. But again, I'm going to flip the script. I think Cage is going to win this one. And the reason I think Colton Cage is going to win is I think the deck has been stacked just a little too much. I think Dick Williams has a game plan that this time will work out. He's brought in not only the guy that beat Mega Mondo, but put Mondo on the shelf. We haven't seen Mondo since his match with Colton Cage at Showcase 40. It's a really great point. And, he, and I've reached out to Mega Mondo, and he has not been returning my texts. He has not been returning my calls. I hope that he's doing okay. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, he was viciously and brutally attacked by Colton Cage. So, yeah, where is Mega Mondo? Well, you know, 
I, I don't know. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But he brought him in, brought Colton Cajun, and then added the stipulation that this match is no disqualification for Colton Cage only. So Colton can do whatever the hell he wants. And he will. To Xander DeVille, but DeVille cannot do whatever he wants to Colton Cage. If Xander gets disqualified, it's over. He loses the title. Dick Williams gets the championship back. Which makes me sick to my stomach. And Colton Cage gets that $10,000 prize. Yeah, but somehow, some way, I find myself rooting for Xander now, Deville. Here's the bigger question: Is what is the bigger threat? Is the threat does the threat lie that Colton Cage is good enough to beat Xander Deville, or does the threat lie that Xander Deville is so angry and evil and just spontaneous? that he's probably going to get himself disqualified. The unorthodox style of Xander DeVille is what makes him unpredictable. Yeah. He's the biggest threat because when this dude is charged up in Rampage, he can take down anything. He proved that with Okami. And Okami dwarfed Xander DeVille. I mean, Xander DeVille's a pretty stocky guy, but Lobo Okami made Xander DeVille look like a little guy. I My prediction is I think DeVille is going to lose because of his own doing. I don't think Colton is going to pin Xander DeVille. No one has pinned Xander DeVille yet. I think DeVille is going to... He's going to cross a line because he's just not going to be able to take what Colton dishes out. And he's going to get pissed off enough that he's going to do something he can't take back and get disqualified. And unfortunately, I think that's how this what is becoming a very legendary continental title run is going to end. And also one last thing, I heard a rumor that Stone Payne will be revealing his poisonous pick for Rathbone on this Sunday's episode as well, and I heard that it's big. Well, I cannot wait to see who Stone Payne chooses to be Rathbone's opponent, and I cannot wait for the double main event! And there's only one way to find out what's going to happen, and you got to tune in. Wrestle with this on YouTube. Subscribe. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Follow at SmashMouthWWT for all of the latest information, news, and whatnot coming from the Smash Mouth Jungle. And when we come back, something funny happened to me at work earlier this week. We're going to talk about it when we come back. You're running wild listening to episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast. You're running wild right here. Episode 77, Wells Mania Podcast. The world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne, and yours truly, Wells Mania. And yes, Peyton. Are we having a party or what? There is, it's always a party on the Wells Mania Podcast. But there is a reason why I am playing Buster Poindexter's Hot, Hot, Hot. And it's because we're debuting a brand new feature on the Wells Mania podcast, and it is called 
wrestling term of the episode. Because something funny happened to me earlier this week at work. And I'll make this short and sweet. Or at least I'll try to. So earlier this week, I tweeted out, just told a coworker who was leaving work as I was coming into work that we just made the hot tag. He looked at me very confused. So this got me thinking, starting on episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast, I'm going to start doing a wrestling term of the episode. And Peyton, we're kicking off this brand new feature with the wrestling term hot tag. Now, the reason why I used this term is because he looked like he was having a miserable day. And me, I'm the opposite of miserable. I'm probably one of the most energetic, animated, hyped up, positive people you'll ever encounter. So it was just night and day. So I said to him, hey, man, we just made the hot tag. And he looked at me with this look on his face like, what the hell Does that even mean, you know what, I don't even care. And he literally walked away. He didn't even acknowledge, except for the look on his face. He didn't even say anything, Peyton. He just walked away. That's probably what most people do, though, when they interact with you. And it's true, though. It got me thinking. (laughs) In my everyday life, I always, every single day, I always throw off a wrestling term. And I don't even think twice about it because it's so embedded in my vocabulary and my way of life that I don't even think about other people and them not knowing what I'm saying. So hot tag is the term of the week. Now, how would you describe or explain if the guy you were talking to cared at all? Obviously he didn't, but if he actually cared to ask what a hot tag was, how would you describe it to him? So in the world of professional wrestling, the whole purpose of a hot tag is to build up the intensity, the drama, the storytelling of what's going on in the tag team match. And what I mean by that is, and usually it is the faces that are the recipients of the hot tag because the heels are absolutely decimating, destroying. They've taken advantage of the match. They're controlling everything and Mm -hmm. all hope is lost and you're just waiting patiently for the fresher tag team partner to get the hot tag. So when the beaten and battered and bruised tag team partner finally gets that desperation moment where they get the upper hand and they're crawling over to the that corner. Long that crawl. long crawl. And I mean, the tag is finally made. That is the hot tag because then the fresher tag team partner comes in, clears house, and the the faces usually then end up maybe going on to win the match nine times out of ten. The hot tag usually takes place right at the end of a match. Yes. It usually either sets up the faces winning or the guy who made the hot tag will always make the mistake because they never use their brain of tagging the guy back in who was just in there for about 20 minutes who's laying on the apron. He tags that guy back in and that usually leads to the heels winning. So that's why I told my coworker, hey man, we just made the hot tag because he had just had a miserable day at work and I'm coming in, you know, ball of fire full of energy, ready to absolutely dominate my work shift. We made the hot tag, 
And that is where I came up with this idea of wrestling term of the episode. Greatest hot tag of all time was one that was not even televised. I believe it was just a live event. It goes to The Undertaker. I know you've seen this video where The Undertaker, he's, he's, I don't even know who his partner was, but he's running up and down the apron. He's shaking the ropes. He's, uh, he poured an entire water bottle over his head and he's swinging his hair like a rock star stomping on the steps. Very out of character for Taker. Greatest hot tag of all time. I have seen that and uh, we will tweet that out there in case you haven't. But yes, on episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast, the wrestling term of the episode is hot tag. So feel free to use it in your everyday life. Maybe you just learned a new term Here's even better. that you'll start using. Go in to a situation, videoing it in secret, and say it to somebody who has no idea what you're talking about. Get a raw reaction. Get a raw reaction. I love that. Tweet the video and tag us in it so we can see what the person does. Or do they even acknowledge it? Or does it just go in one ear and out the other? Oh, man. Remember that scene in Dumb and Dumber? When Lloyd comes out of the gas station and he looks at the two guys in the parking lot and he goes, big gulps, huh? Welp, see you later. That's exactly what happened with me and my coworker. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, hot tag, huh? Welp, see you later. Because he didn't even acknowledge me. Just looked at me like I was an idiot and walked away and I'm not going to reveal who he is because I'm going to protect him because then people will come after him saying, you don't know what hot tag is? Come on, bro. Well, anyways... Friend of the Wells Mania podcast, Mark Dykton, has given us some suggestions for future episodes of Wells Mania podcast. Gorilla position, slobber knocker, skin the cat, face heel. And um, I'm looking forward to it. So if you have any suggestions for future wrestling terms that you want Peyton and I to dive into and make it sound a little bit easier for those who might not know what the terms mean, we will on future episodes talk about them and they're all legal now because vince mcmahon is gone and triple h took the list of banned words and you want to talk about hot he burned it it's gone he burned that list so guess what we can we can we don't have to say medical facility anymore we can actually speak like normal human beings and say hospital we can say wrestler we can say wrestling we can say belt we can say fans I mean, a whole realm of possibilities has opened up. Well, it's a new era under the game, Triple H. So we know how to play the game. Time to play the game. The game is another term we could use. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for episode 77 of Wells Mania Podcast. Be sure to follow Wells Mania everywhere at Wells Mania. Peyton, where can the Wells Maniacs, if they aren't already, where can they find you on the social media? You can find me on social media at Stone Pain Prod. And if you have trouble searching me, then just go to Karrion Cross's friends list and you can find me that way because he follows me. So why don't you? And if you have trouble finding Mr. Wells Mania over here, then just go to John Cena's friends list and find him that way because he follows him. So there's no reason why anybody listening to this show shouldn't follow us both on social media. And... 
follow Smash Mouth WWT and subscribe to Wrestle With This on YouTube. Thank you. And be sure to check out Wells Mania Shop at Wells Mania Shop on the Twitter, ktpmania.com, where you can get all of your Wells Mania merch. And as I've stated before, if you buy the Wells Mania merch, either tweet it at Peyton or I, or slide into our DMs, and we will give you the rub. There's another wrestling term for a future episode. We will give you the rub on future episodes of Wells Mania Podcast. Thank you all so much for your support. Thank you for running wild with the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne, and yours truly, Wells Mania. Until next episode, stay positive, run wild, and dominate the day. Take us home, Lemmy. Peyton, I love when you do that. I love when you do those shoot promos. And how difficult, how hard is it to literally take your finger, your thumb, I don't know, whatever whatever digit people are using to hit the follow button? How hard is it to hit the follow button? Apparently very hard. I'll never understand why we don't have more followers than we do. I should have at minimum... A thousand followers on Twitter. How many do you have right 166. now? One hundred and sixty-six. That is unacceptable. That is disgraceful. And I have one thousand four hundred and sixty-eight. And that number fluctuates. Like some days I'll see it being one thousand four hundred seventy something, but then all of a sudden I lose followers. Now I will admit that my you know my Twitter is newer. The the Stone Pain Prod Twitter is a newer Twitter account, but still okay. There's some people on Twitter that you that you follow them and they're just so toxic and they you know nobody wants anything to do with them and they've got 10,000 followers it's like I can't even hit a couple hundred are you kidding me so hopefully Wells maniacs and wrestling fans all over the Twitter world who tune in and run wild with us we're going to see how many followers we have for each of our accounts you said you have how many 166. Okay, so 166. Remember that number. I've got 1,468. We're going to see how much of a jump we can get from this episode to the next episode of Wells Mania Podcast. I'm guessing not much because I don't have faith in people. Over or under for both of us, we're, we're a team here, Wells yeah. Mania Podcast. Over or under, we're going to set the bar low. We're going to set the bar low. Combined, do you think we can get 10 people to follow our accounts? I'd hope. 10 is nothing. Well, we're still rolling. We're still rolling right here. This is a little... Uh, I was going to say like 40. A little off, off the pod get me right to, here. Get me to 200 at least. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get Stone Pain to 200 followers. And while we're at it, let's get Wells Mania to 1,500. It's not that hard. There are literally millions. And I was, hopefully millions. 
of people. Maybe one or two that might. They're on Twitter. Hopefully, by the time that we start recording episode 78, we'll have 10 plus followers and Cherry Limeade Zoa.